All right, welcome to a Cold Dose special episode. This is the second in the Sabaton series. Sorry it took us so long to get back to this one. We, uh, we promise we won't do it again, but... Uh, we're so anxious to get going with this. Yeah, if you if you were waiting for this one, we've been waiting. We've been uh, even more anxious to get back to it. So super excited, super excited. I've been chomping at the bit to get talking about to hell and back. Yep, uh, that's the the next the next song in the in the Spotify most played or most popular list, whatever it is. It's a a really really good song about. Uh, it's actually about an individual this time. Yeah, not a, a group or a, like a, a group of soldiers. It's uh, it's about Mr. Audie Murphy. Yep, and and from the name you can tell it's not so much ancient history. It's not quite as ancient as uh, the the last song, but uh, it is it is really interesting history. Absolutely, Audie Murphy is the. Well, I'm not going to give too much background because we're going to get into it. But he's basically he is the most decorated. U.S. soldier that ever lived. Yep, and from he, World War II. Yep, is when he, he, served. he fought in the 1940s in the um, European theater of World War II. Yep. And without any further ado, let's just get right into the song. Uh, we'll play a song for you. Um, take note of the lyrics because we'll go through them. Yep. Let's hear it.
There it is. That's cool. Song. I love that song. It's, it's great. so good. And again, like you don't even have to be a metal fan to to really enjoy these songs. Really, really though, you don't. They're so. Um, I don't know if you. They're super exciting, is what they are. They're super exciting, and then if you are able to focus in and listen to the lyrics, you realize that there are stories in there. Yeah, even are, even just the music will pump you up, but the the uh, lyrics take it to a whole another level. Right, right. Some good stuff. Uh, speaking of lyrics, should we jump in? Yeah. So the lyrics in this are that they're not like the Last Stand. In that it's there's not something to really talk about with every line like in the last stand. It kind of told it more of a story. This is this is more of a just telling about a man in his life, and it's kinda, it's not really in order necessarily. So yeah, we've, we've had some trouble like really trying to dissect each line. It's like an ode to a man. It's exactly. singing about how awesome he is, mm-hmm. and so it's not since it's not necessarily telling the story. We'll we're gonna read the lyrics and uh, and then we'll kind of interject with some bits about his life throughout. Which before we even start, we're never gonna be able to do this man's life justice. He's he is a hero. Like he is insanely impressive. Yeah, is so much. His he <laughs> larger than life. He is is he is amazing. From where he came from, then to do what he did during the war, and then to come home and become a major movie star, and uh, and then, I mean, live fast, die young, mm-hmm. crazy kind of lifestyle this guy had. It was yeah. it was quite quite impressive. Yep. And again, his name is Audie Murphy. A U D I E Audie Audie Murphy. Yep. So the first uh, the first few lines are. A short man from Texas, a man of the wild, thrown into combat where bodies lay piled. Hides his emotions, his blood's running cold, just like his victories, his story unfolds. So he's a short man from Texas, uh, from Kingston, Texas, is is where he was born. He was short. He was very short. He was like five, five feet, five inches. He wasn't even five and a half feet tall. Yeah, at... Uh, and in his adulthood, he wasn't five foot five, yeah, or he, he was about five foot five, something like that. Super short guy, super um, short guy. So in his early life, his father left him, left his family. Um, at in fifth grade, he had to quit school to provide for his family by either hunting or picking cotton. <laughs> so rough childhood, really rough. Fifth childhood. grade. How old are you in fifth grade? Yeah, it's like what, eight. Was that eight? Nine <laughs> yeah. to start su- supporting a family at eight or nine. Yeah, Crazy. Putting, literally putting food on his table for his family. <laughs> and this was in like the 1930s, so in just like dusty Texas. Yeah, I mean, right. he, he he grew up like if anyone was to grow up to what to do what he did and to be hardened enough to do what he did. I mean, this is kind of the where he did it, right? Yep, yep. Um, in 1941, United States enters World War Two. Yeah, that very very end of world of forty one. That was uh, right. So, Pearl yeah, Harbor yeah, was December seventh. So um, at this point, he is about sixteen years old. His mom has died, right? So right. he's like the sole breadwinner for the fa- family. But he decides he's going to go join the army. He's only sixteen, though. Yep, and you have to be eighteen to join the army. Right. So uh, apparently, his sister helped him falsify some records. So he can get into a meeting to, or into a, however they recruited back then to join the army. 
he uh, he was actually rejected. Number one, he didn't look the age, so obviously he's really. He short. looked like he was sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> and he was um, super short. Yeah, but, I, I think he was laughed at by the by yeah. the recruiters. Yeah, it took a, it took him I think a couple of years to get in, and he finally did, and he was laughed at by the by the men in the army. Um, he was uh, at one point uh, told to go be a baker for the um in the mess hall or whatever <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for for the army to serve the army he refused he wanted to be in combat so he, he eventually did yeah right he didn't get to his first battle until he was 18 so it took him two years of being in the army before he actually even saw his first action yep uh next little bit of uh next little bit of the of the lyrics go bright a white light if there'd be any glory in war let it rest on men like him dead men will never come back crosses grow on anzio where no soldiers sleep and where hell is six feet deep that death does wait there's no debate so charge an attack going to hell and back so this is some of the stuff that i kind of went into after training, he went to Casablanca, and that's where he was first introduced into the war, but he never saw action in northern Africa until he got to Sicily. He got sent up to Sicily, and while he was in Sicily, he was very instrumental in freeing the Sicilians from the uh, from the Axis powers. Some crazy things happened in Sicily. That's where he, he kind of wrote this line that uh, he's kind of famous for, where he says, I have seen war as it actually is, and I do not like it, but I will go on fighting. Hmm. So he he didn't like war. He didn't like fighting. See, and that's a really interesting point because people talk about men like like uh, Audie Murphy that are these hugely decorated war heroes that that were incredibly violent in their like to do the things that they did. They had to be incredibly violent. But to hear that. To hear that coming out of his mouth is is actually pretty um, pretty big, I think. Yeah. Well, he did what he had to do. Right. At the time. Right. He didn't like it. And you'll see later on, we'll talk about it, how he didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It very much bothers him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What he and, did, the things he did. It, well, it makes you think, like, a boy of 16 who wants to join the army, who wants the glory. Like, the only reason why a 16-year-old would want to join the world war is to... To one, get away from his home life, or two, go uh, kill some Germans and, and win glory. Yeah, and then you go out and do it, and you realize that it might not be what a sixteen-year-old kid is really ready to do. Yep. So while he's in uh, while he's in Italy, after they free Sicily, they go on the mainland, and he has a one of his best friends in life is a guy named Laddie Tipton, and there was a point where him and Laddie and one other guy were walking up this river. They got close to a bridge and they got ambushed by uh, some about five Germans, the three mm-hmm. of them. The third soldier was killed immediately, right off the bat. Laddie threw a grenade that way and he pulled out his Tommy gun and blew them all away. And so the, th- the two of them killed the five Germans that had attacked him. <laughs> and so that was his, I think that was his first time where he actually realized like, holy cow, this is more than just... oh. I don't know if it's, I think that was his first time that he really realized like you have to be kind of cold blooded. Yeah. To, yeah. Like these people that are here to kill me, like they, yeah. they are just as cold blooded if, if not more than I have to be. Right. 
So the, now in the lyrics it says how crosses grow on Anzio. That's how the uh, the chorus starts. Now Anzio is one of the more bloody battlefields in Italy. I'm not going to go too much into the details of it, but it was kind of like, it was a amphibious landing kind of like Normandy, but it was into a swamp. Ooh. And then there was poor command. And Ooh, when man. the the guy was supposed, I mean, they advanced so far they got to the outskirts of Rome, but then the guy didn't. One of the commanders just said, I'm not going to move forward. I'm going to strengthen my spot here. And then they got pushed back into the swamp. And then it turned into months and months and months of just mortar fire and, and stuff like that. World and it War was just One type World stuff. World War One type stuff. It was nasty, ugly stuff. Now, Audie Murphy missed all this stuff because he was on his second bout of malaria <laughs> in the war. Oh, th- th- this is actually a recurring thing for him all throughout he, the war. He, he was taken off the lines three times throughout the war mm-hmm. because of malaria. And so this was his second bout of malaria. So he he comes into Anzio months into it, and one day he's uh, holed up in a in a farmhouse, and they're attacked by a tank. And there's a mortar that distracts the guys. He tells his men that the other guys that are with him, he doesn't have a command at this point. Mm-hmm. He he might be he might be a, a sergeant or a corporal or something like that. He. Uh, Sneaks out of the house and crawls on his belly to the tank and <laughs> to dis- tank. disables the tank with his. He's got uh, rifle mounted grenades and he <laughs> dis- disables the tank with these rifle mounted grenades. And that's where he wins his first medal. He wins Bronze Star with a V, which is with Valor, basically. Okay, okay. Uh, so he wins his, bro- his first medal there because he fought a tank with a rifle and won by himself. And one, he, and that that was kind of the first like between him and Laddie taking on five Germans by themselves and winning, and then him taking on a tank single handedly with a rifle and winning. It kind of starts to paint the picture of of who Audie Murphy really is. Yeah, more. and it yeah it's if this uh, doesn't paint a picture of what of things to come with this with this man's <laughs> life, like I don't know what would. So he starts off basically with. With a bang in the war, I guess it was slow going, but his first like initial, his first battles were uh, pretty intense. So continuing on with the lyrics, it says, "A man of the fifteenth, a man of can do. Friends fall around him, and yet he came through." So the fifth infantry, fifteenth infantry regiment is actually a a storied regiment, right? Yeah, it's one of the most decorated regiments in the army. Right. Apparently, it was organized in 1861 during the Civil War. Like, it goes back hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. It served all throughout Asia. They they spent, like, 25 years in China, yeah. serving out in China. They came back in the 30s and set up along uh, Washington and Oregon to kind of protect the northern, northwest coast of America, uh-huh. just in case Japan decided to attack. And then in 41, they were they were mobilized to Europe hmm, okay. and so, northern Africa. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's any, like, if that was due to any of his accomplishments, but or just he just got lucky well, enough to be a part of this regiment? So, the 15th, as, I, as you read up on it, they the 15th has 16 Medal of Honor awards. Dang. From, from one regiment. <laughs> okay. Um... They fought in eight major World War II campaigns. So wow. they they are uh, definitely the 
well, that's their their motto is can do. Yep. And you you ask them if they'll do it, and they say can do, and they mm-hmm. go out and do it. So yeah, that's uh, that that's the regiment that he served in, and I think that really kind of shaped who he is as a soldier. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so instead of him being placed in that regiment because he was worthy, the regiment kind of made him what he is. Trained yeah. him, trained him to be the the soldier he was. Yeah. You do some research and the training he went through, it talks about how crazy the training is. Yeah, that, yeah, through. early on he like he fainted during one of the training things yeah. and it was kind of a big deal. Anyway. Uh, okay, so moving on with the lyrics. Let them fall face down if they must die, making it easier to say goodbye. That's some deep lyric stuff right there. <laughs> Bright a white light, if there'd be any glory in war, let it rest on men like him who went to hell and came back. So just to kind of interject a story, doesn't necessarily directly reflect what the lyrics are saying, but um, I mean, it carries the... He went um, to hell and came back yeah, with this. Yeah. So um, after his time in Italy, he was he was sent to, to France. Um, and in southern France, he was again with his friend... Laddie. Laddie. Yeah, that's what it is. His friend Laddie. They were uh, in a, I guess, a, a battle or skirmish with with Germans. And these these this group of Germans, they were pretending to surrender, and it lured Laddie out to go capture them because he thought they were surrendering. And they the Germans ended up pulling their rifles out and shooting Laddie. Sneaky. Yeah. It's, and man. and this put Audie in a blind rage he he uh charged the germans that that killed laddie killed all of them um they were holed up in a house right um <laughs> they were holed up in a house he charged in the house i think killed two in the house injured one what, what was the number i can't remember the exact number uh i think he killed six and injured two. Oh, okay in, and then took and then took prisoner the rest in the house he took them prisoner Right. By himself. <laughs> All by himself. He, he just went berserk and ran into it. And then, from the house, he uh, took hold of their machine gun and shot down any surrounding Germans in the yeah. vicinity, within he, like 100 yards or whatever. He, he killed a couple more, he injured more, he took more prisoner, and at the end of the day, uh, when that whole thing was over, he had killed eight, by himself, mind you, <laughs> not with <laughs> anyone else, just because he went berserk when his friend died, he had killed eight Wounded three and took eleven prisoner single-handedly. Yep. So and, fighting a tank with a gun is one thing, but holy crap! Yeah, and, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and the thing about this is, if if is if taking down the tank single-handedly with a rifle didn't put him on the map, this this put him on the map. Absolutely. He for this he he received the Distinguished Service Cross, which is only second to the Medal of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just kind of a foot soldier at the time. Yeah, maybe he, I think he, he was ranked I think, up a couple times. Yeah, I, I think he was know. a staff sergeant at okay. that point. And so very, very soon in his military career, he uh, proved himself. And well, yeah, like he, he did some heroic things. That, I, I mean, step, take a step back and think about what you do in that situation. Like a house full of Germans, yeah, shooting at you. Seriously, and he walked into a hail of bullets. It, they, it's, it's they the, were all shooting at him as he was advancing on the house. Yeah, and it he John Wayne did. Yeah, it does, that stuff it's, doesn't happen it's in the, real it's life. It's a definition of fight or flight, and he went in guns a blazing, like insane. I, and that's still not the craziest thing he's done in the war. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, crazy. He's still got more going coming yeah, in this war because because after this. He was. I'm not sure what it is. He was made. He was given command over like a group of men. a group of men. I'm not sure how many, but um, he he was definitely rewarded for this. Right. So yeah, that's that's actually one of my favorite stories of his. 
because the fact that he went he, he just went berserk yeah it's very cinematic because and, and it's hard to say it like this but i can because he literally made a movie about it <laughs> but um because his friend died it was the emotion behind it that's what really gets me is that his his fierce loyalty to his friend and the revenge he wanted to get for killing his friend so cheaply yeah like they, they lured him out into the open by pretending to surrender well and he went through training in northern africa with him he went through all of italy with mm-hmm. this guy he gets up into into southern france and then because the these sneaky germans played a trick on him his friend died mm-hmm. and dude and that's not to say that americans weren't sneaky of course well. of course so so but it's these guys specifically got sneaky but, but if you think about this as a scene in a movie these people are evil and yeah. And uh, they they played a trick on him and his friend and killed his friend. And so, like, if you think about it within the scope of that, the emotion that goes into it and the the hatred he felt for him is is probably palpable. Mm -hmm. Crazy. All right. So to continue on, I'll read just uh, this one line. It says, Oh, gather round me and listen while while I speak of war, uh, where hell is six feet deep. So again, after after that, uh, that feat he did... Where he single-handedly took over the the German stronghold. He was given command over men, and he was uh, sent to Colmar, France. It was it was actually a really strategic spot that they really needed to as a stronghold. Up in the north of France. Yeah, up in the northeast of France, on the on the German line. So there was this this battle where uh, they started out with like 102 men. The, the Germans came in way stronger than they had thought was going to be there. And so they had immediately like been uh, trimmed down to 18 men plus Audi. So it was 19 men. So it was 19 guys. And, and, the, and uh, reinforcements weren't coming for days. And so they had to hold this spot. either For they, nine they, days? Uh, no, days. Oh, I'm not I sure thought, how many. I thought you said nine. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was nine. But uh, so it was either retreat and lose the spot or hold the spot and so and probably die and probably either way die. how many probably. i mean how many germans are coming at him there's hundreds of germans <laughs> so here's like what's happening in the playing field right now is there is i think two or three broken down american tanks and nine german tanks plus like 250 german soldiers and the the three american tanks there's 19 american soldiers so like, the odds are crazy. And so they're kind of... Wait, wait, wait. Set that up again. Sorry. 18 American men with three hobbled American tanks. Right. So the guns work, but the tracks don't. Right. Against 250 Germans with nine Panzer tanks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a loss. And it's and it's in the middle of winter, frozen ground. They have a foxhole, but they worked dang hard to, to dig those foxholes. Like, he tells a story about the sound of the pickaxes knocking against the frozen dirt like it's rock yeah and it talks about how all the all at first all it was good for was the exercise but it was good because it, it kept their body warm kept and, their body warm. and even when they were resting they they you had to walk around to keep your feet from freezing <laughs> don't visit northern france in the winter <laughs> i guess i guess not so at one point they're being taken over and they were at the edge of these woods okay and he had his 18 men retreat to the woods but they still have to hold the the spot and, and so he hopped on to the back of one of the broken down tanks american tanks that at this time was on fire the tank was on fire with a full tank of gas or fuel whatever it was and so he hops on and grabs the 50 caliber machine gun and starts just laying waste to these marching german soldiers 
and tanks. All the while, he has this uh, field radio calling down airstrikes or uh, artillery strikes on, on him. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's really John Wayne stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. It's... By himself on top of a flaming hobbled tank, shooting down German soldiers. He gets a wounded leg. I don't know if it's shot. All, it, all I could find out was it was wounded. Maybe maybe climbing onto the <laughs> tank, he scrapped metal. I don't know. Using a radio to call in artillery strikes so he doesn't get blown up. Yep. Or his men. And so he held he held him at bay long enough. Can you can, imagine the wherewithal that takes to be shooting and holding off all these guys, but still know... The coordinates yeah. of where to to do that without going into the woods where his men are or on top of him. Right. All the, all the while you're being shot at and don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, jeez. Yeah. So uh, he held the position long enough to get his men to safety into the woods and to hold the, hold the position. Okay. In the end, he killed or wounded fifty Germans. <laughs> with the with the fifty cal, he, and he and he sat on top of the tank until it ran out of ammunition. So he just shot it till it was till it was empty. Till it was dry. Um, he jumped off, and apparently it exploded later. I don't know if it was how how soon after he jumped off, but it exploded. Well, of course, point. we have to assume it happened moments after he yeah. jumped off while he was walking into the woods. Yep. In slow motion. <laughs> in or slow motion, of course. So yeah, that's that's the story um, in southern France that that really it, it put him. Like at the top of the at at this point after this battle, he was given the Medal of Honor and basically every medal you can receive. Well, at the end of his career, military career, he had received every medal that the military has to offer. Most of them he received two, and at the end he had thirty three medals when he was done. <laughs> That's insane. Most decorated man. So I mean, we, we've told uh, maybe two or three stories. There's tons of stories. That we didn't say. That we don't have time to tell. He, he's a really good subject. Cert- to certified study. American badass. He, absolutely. <laughs> Red-blooded, cold-hearted American badass. All right. Let's get back to some lyrics. And all along the shore, where cannons still roar, they're haunting my dreams. They're still there when I sleep. So that is uh, that kind of gets into his post-war life, where he came back and he was famous in America. He was a war hero. The military still wanted war heroes. They still wanted people to rah rah behind. His face was on the on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah, right. Then uh, the people in Hollywood saw that. They brought him out, made him an actor. He acted in a bunch of movies. He's he, actually struggling for a while. Limited success. Yeah. He did He did do one movie that did really well. I think it was Bad Boy, I think is yeah, what it was called. Bad Boy. That kind of, um, uh, again, put him on the Hollywood map. But his main success was his movie. It was called To Hell and Back. Yeah, it was, it, and it was based on his own autobiography. He wrote an autobiography called To Hell and Back. They made it into a script, and then he starred in it, representing himself. Yeah. So he played he played himself in the movie about his life. Yeah, and so and, and what, what's interesting about that movie is apparently he had to hold back on a lot of the stories and and <laughs> and stuff that that actually happened because he felt like people wouldn't believe it. Yeah, people would watch it and be like, "Nah, you're exaggerating." It's his life; it actually happened. Yeah. He had to pull back to not get that reaction. Yeah, it's. Crazy. I didn't watch the movie. I felt like I, I should. We, I should have watched the movie. But we I definitely should have watched it. Yeah, we should um, have a review on it or something. However, w- the problem is, is he 
Like we said, he didn't like war, and he didn't like what he did. And he suffered from PTSD really bad. Suffered from depression really bad. Uh, And it got to the point where he was, I mean, he was a raging alcoholic. He was addicted to sleeping pills and painkillers. And he was addicted to all kinds of drugs. And it was all trying to deal with the things he did in his head. And, you know, back then, they didn't call it PTSD. They've called it different things throughout the years. Called it shell shock. They've called it, uh, uh, what is it, war fatigue or battle fatigue. They've called it a bunch of different things. And uh, a lot lot of people equated it to, equated PTSD to cowardice. You You were a coward because... You, if you were a man, you would be able to to suck it up. Yep. Which I mean, now we know it's not true. But uh, he's he suffered from it really, really bad, and it's it really hurt him though because people thought he was a coward mm-hmm. because he was he was so ashamed of the things he did. Right. Well, and the um like part of PTSD is like reliving those moments, those intense moments, stuff like that. He he slept with a, a loaded gun under his pillow. There, there's a lot of ways that it manifests, and it seems like it all happened to him. He he kind of received the brunt of that PTSD stuff, and and yeah, like you said, it's not as uh, understood as it is today. Yeah, it was it was very misunderstood. Yeah, but like you look back to, I mean. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but you even go back to like Roman times and you hear stories or you, of guys that, that like are, are they, they went nuts and go on killing sprees and stuff like yeah. that afterwards. And, and it's, and, and they kind of chalked it up to like, Oh, well he's a killer. That's, that's in his nature when really it's probably just his mind not being able to cope with the yeah. horrors that he's seen. It's like war literally breaks people's minds. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, um, and, and what, what's, what really cool thing is he, he actually struggled with, we had money issues late in his life. Lots uh, of and drugs, when I say late in his of, life, it's like early 40s. Yeah. <laughs> but, lots uh, of drugs, lots of alcohol, tends to yeah. cost money. But um, he, re- he actually apparently refused to appear in alcohol or cigarette commercials, which he was offered plenty, which would pretty much solve his money issues. But he refused to be in them because he wanted to be a good example. Set a good example, yeah. Um, even though he didn't necessarily live that, he didn't want... He he refused to be a spokesperson for that type of lifestyle. Yes, yeah. which is which is noble. Yeah, commendable for sure. Yep. Then he dies uh, mid forties. He's forty six years old. Private airplane he was flying in crashed, hit a mountain, and he died. So he's died at forty six. Live fast, die young. He mm-hmm. kind of was a larger than life character and lived that way and died that way. I think. I know. And could you imagine, like, like, like I'm trying to think of someone that would be at least similar to how big he was. Yeah, you know, uh, like Tom Cruise might be. Yeah, I mean, not as a hero. Yeah, but but, but no, no. Think of Tom as Cruise. As far as star power, like think of Tom Cruise. But if he had in America's eyes single handedly won World War Two, or yeah. like like a war against our fiercest enemies, you know, uh-huh. and then came back and became the Tom Cruise we know. Right. It's like compounded how much serious uh, like though. fame and yeah. and stuff he had. So and then imagine him dying at forty six, like yeah. with with. He he he. Uh, I think starred in forty four movies. So, yeah, it, which is uh, which is back in the, maybe not starred, but he he was in forty four movies, and so he was well known as as a Hollywood person. And, and back then, movies were just pumped out like right, like right. Crazy. They, during the Hollywood like the the 
big Hollywood era, like fifties and and stuff. But uh, Th- this would have been in the sixties that he died, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was, was sixteen and forty-one, and then died late sixties, early forty, early seventies. Yeah, if, something like that. If well, let's see, it's nineteen seventy-one. Okay, so May twenty eighth, nineteen seventy one. So I mean, that would have been a pretty big shock to yeah. World War Two America. It, it's a it's a really interesting story, and we say he was huge, but honestly, I had never heard of him before I listened to this song. Really? <laughs> no, I had I had heard of him because I read a cracked article about the biggest <laughs> badasses in history. <laughs> And they mentioned Audie Murphy. And I remember hearing about him taking on a bunch of German, but I didn't remember any of the details. Mm-hmm. When you talked about that that stuff in northern France, it's like I was hearing it for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's crazy how, how short our memory is. Right. You know, seriously, as a nation, like, yeah. he was huge. And then, what is it? Fifty years later. Fifty years later, it's, nobody it, like it's not that nobody knows who he is, but it, I mean, okay. nobody knows who. He Again, is. recalling from the uh, from the last episode, the last stand, a, a big part of what Sabaton is doing and why we re- I respect them so much is that they're giving these people second life. They're giving these people uh, a, they, they died once, sure, but we need to let their memory live on, and yeah. so they can live through conversations like this. Right, right. It's crazy to think that there's people like him who, who, that, so when he, when he goes in and captures all those Germans when his friend dies, I don't think he's thinking much about anything other than he just, his brain just flipped a switch and he went nuts. But when he's on the back of that tank holding off 250 Germans, that he, you got, he, he didn't think he was living. No, no. He was positive he was going to die. Yeah. standing there on top of that tank. He thought he was going to die, and he knew it. And he was just waiting for it to happen. And he's like, okay, I'm going to die, and I'm going to take out as much as I can with me. I'm going to do as much as I can to prolong the life of these 18 men in the woods. Right. And by some miraculous feat, he didn't die, and he survived. Right. But to know that there are men like that out there, and there's men like that out there today, they just don't get, they, they don't have the opportunity and thank God, like, you don't want that kind of opportunity. Nobody yeah, should yeah. have to have that opportunity. But uh, just to know that there's people like that, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and and, and uh, the thing is, like, modern warfare is, isn't necessarily like this. There, there are moments like this, I'm sure, in modern warfare, but it's not so much open battlefields. Very impersonal. Like, like you see in, in uh, World War One. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one more verse, Jake, why don't you... Uh... We'll finish this off with, uh, it's just a repeat of the chorus. Crosses grow on Anzio, where no soldiers sleep, and where hell is six feet deep. That death does wait, there's no debate, so charge and attack, going to hell and back. So, yeah, that's it. That's the Audie Mort Murphy story. He, uh, he went, and he, he uh, charged and attacked, and he went to hell, and he came back. And uh, it's kind of wild, man. It's it's uh, impressive. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm super glad, again, like, we're only two episodes into this series, but I'm super glad we're doing this because, again, we get to talk about people and stories that don't often get talked about. Right. And that are, that are like, hidden in, this, in the lyrics of a random, seemingly random uh, metal band. Yeah. It, like, these, these, this hidden gem that I'm so glad we found. I know. Right. Like, it is awesome. It's awesome. So before we sign off, next time we're going to be talking about Primo Victoria. 
I think, which is, I think, like, my second favorite song of theirs, just because of how exciting it is. Again, it's not one about a person or even a group of men. It's about a battle. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I haven't really looked into it Primo yet. Primo Victoria, it's D-Day. Oh, uh, okay. It's Normandy. Okay. So, so Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It'll be fun to, to that, do that's the research one, there. That's one that lots of people know about. Yeah. Uh, and it's super exciting. One of the more, one of the more exciting songs by by these guys. So get ready for that. And I promise we're going to have uh, the next one out. And it's not going to take two months for it to, <laughs> to get released. Yeah. We're going to um, try and knock a couple out. So, yeah, be, be looking for that. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this. Please let us know if you have enjoyed it. And we'll continue to make them. Because, honestly, I really, really enjoy making these episodes. The, yeah. These are some of the funnest ones to, for me to make. So, Absolutely. So if it just so happens that you enjoy listening to them, then we are more than happy to keep making them. Absolutely. So give us a give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, let us know. Put a comment out there, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you see it, and yeah. uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, just if you hate it, let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. If you think that we're completely off base, we want to hear that too. Also, I'm sure we got numbers wrong, we got dates wrong, we got whatever. Like, and so call us out. We can we can make retractions, whatever it is. We can we can make corrections on on whatever falsehoods we told also it, i mean if you think we did then go out and study it yourself and and, and yeah. learn about this yeah, stuff. If, if this sparks uh, an interest in this and 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 uh, research in anybody it would, it would make this worth it oh absolutely nothing would make me happier than to find out that someone went and studied up on the swiss guard or audie murphy or on uh, primo victoria on d-day, D-Day. To, to prepare and yeah. oh gosh but, that would be awesome seriously so yeah let us know and without further ado, I think we're going to head out with with uh, the song again. Yep. So. <sighs> I love the whistling. I know. It's, cool. It sets it up so cool. Thank you.